We're barely eligible, and we're in person Woo. for the first time ever. Join us as we give you the best players that you need to know and the best matchups you need to know heading into week seven of the college football slate coming up next. This is KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank. I'm Tucker Franklin, hanging out with Matthew Lane. We're in person in the KCSN studio for the first time ever, the live edition of Always uh, of Barely Bull Eligible on the Always Draft Season channel presented by KCSN. Matthew, how are you doing? Oh, listen, I, I'm doing great. The Chiefs win. We're getting ready to talk about some college football. It's it's a fun weekend of college football. So, like, I'm ready. And I, I love doing this in person. I like getting to see your face, not have to go look through a computer screen. I can reach over and rub your shoulders anytime I want. Like, this is exactly what we need, I think, for Barely Bull Eligible. This, this is what we've been missing so far. This is the missing element. And if uh, you're watching live, appreciate you watching live. If you listen after the fact, appreciate you doing that as well. Uh, we appreciate everybody who uh, supports the draft content that we do here. This is just getting started. The draft oh, content, obviously, you know, on this YouTube channel. Uh, we will have a lot of draft content. This is where all draft content will live. I'm sure you'll see a lot of Maddie. Uh, you'll see a lot of other people that we got to uh, Ken Swanson, Craig Stout. And, oh, maybe some Craig Stout. Maybe some Craig Stout. Maybe how about, Craig how about Stout. that? Listen, the Chiefs are off for the next 10 days. Like, I got That's some time. True. We might have to we, we get really deep into some of this draft content here coming up this week. Like, it's kind of time for that. Might have to get some film rooms up on the channel. Oh, boy. That could be fun. Oh, boy. It could be a fun thing to do. But we are here to talk about week seven. Good slate. Good late slate, we should say. Yeah. Um, Afternoon slate, a little bit light. But if you don't know what we do here, we're going to give you a watch schedule. We're going to break everything down whole for Saturday. Uh, the whole Saturday. Uh, but, Maddie, let's start with your one big thing for this past week in college football. Uh, we didn't really, uh, we, don't, we don't have anything written down on the notes, but uh, what were your kind of general takeaways? Okay. We got some dog rankings to update next week. I got to get back to the whiteboard. We got to go through, but we got some movement. I mean, listen, listen let's call it what it is. Luther Burns got to move up in the dog rankings. Oh, yeah. And Jane Daniels got to go on there. He's, I don't know how good he is as a quarterback, but like if the, the dog ranking was designed for him, this man takes more shots than anybody in college football and just keeps getting back up. He is the living embodiment of that old Dwayne Wade commercial where you keep getting knocked down and you just had to get back up more times. Like that, that is him. So like I, I we got to update the dog rankings. I think that's my biggest takeaway right now. We're also probably like a week away from starting to talk a little bit of like Heisman favorites. Like we're getting close yeah. to that. What are your thoughts, too? I just thought about this. Is we haven't had this conversation. Talk about Heisman. You talk, bring up Jaden Daniels. Got to see a firsthand just yeah. of how he played on the, off her rib, came back in, was a real dog in that game. But some people are talking to Heisman for him. What are your thoughts on that? Two losses is tough, but I think he has a chance, right? I think he still has a chance because they're putting up a lot of points. They lost their second game, the game against Ole Miss, based on the defense. Nothing he did. He was phenomenal in that game. So if they went out, That'll include wins over Bama, some other good SEC wins, and especially if they go and play, I mean, if they win the SEC altogether, they beat right. Georgia in the, in the championship game, presumably, or even if they lose but a close game and he plays well, three losses is tough, but we've seen Robert Griffin do it, right? Like, you see Lamar Jackson, I think he lost two games, I believe, at Louisville the year that he won it. Yeah. So, like, he can win it, and his stats are backing it up, his play, he's got Heisman moments now. I mean, like, it's Missouri, I don't mean that in a slight, like, it's not like it was the biggest game, but sure. he has Heisman moments from that, so... I think he's in the running. I wouldn't say he's the favorite, but he's definitely in the running right now. I think the two losses haven't completely removed him yet. Has a shot to have a Heisman uh, type moment. And I don't know if you could say, I mean, pretty, pretty decent Heisman moment against Missouri. No, it's there. It's definitely that. that go, that'll be on the real, right? Yeah. That'll definitely be on the real. I just don't know when we talk Heisman moment. Again, this isn't a slight. I just don't know if against Missouri. Gonna move yeah, exactly. I understand. I get it. Uh, but Alabama coming up still on their schedule. Mm-hmm. Could have an opportunity to get that there. Uh, looking at LSU's schedule, they have Auburn, Army, Alabama, Georgia, or Florida, Georgia State, Texas A&M. 
So not an not an incredibly tough schedule for no. LSU, but like Alabama's probably the toughest game they have left. Um, but you never know what Texas A&M is going to be. Florida seems to be in mixed bag this year. Yeah, so um, it's big things be- against either of those three teams, Bama, Texas A&M, yeah. Florida, you get another, if you get a Heisman moment in one of those, and then you also still have the SEC championship, like, he's got a case. Like, he's Absolutely. really going to have a case. The stats are ridiculous right now, though. I just launched up to Malik Neighbors and over and over again, and just let it roll. That's going to work, and then, holy cow. All right, guys, go. Uh, let's get into our watch schedule here. I put all times in uh, Central, Maddie. Or I don't know if you noticed that because we're both in the central time zone. Okay. We, so, don't, we don't just heck with the East Coast. East Coast doesn't get it this week. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye, East Coast, 11 a.m. Uh, so we mentioned at the beginning, at the top of the show, not an enticing schedule when it comes to the noon games. Yeah. There are some Big Ten games going on if you're into the Big Ten uh, football. We are not. Um, <laughs> Michigan is playing like Rutgers, right? Or No, Michigan plays Indiana, I think. Same thing. I'm pretty much the same team. Um, Ohio State plays it like it, it's all your blue blood Big Ten programs. It should be good. I think Penn play. State might be off, or they might. I can't remember they play, but they're all playing an in conference game against somebody that they should roll over, right? Yes. So like we, that's why the noon slate a little a little light this week. That's why we are going with uh, Georgia Southern at James. Madison. Let's go the Dukes. The Dukes have been the team of uh, the past couple of years, really. Yeah, winning. We're right on the Dukes. We are very high on the Dukes. Moving up to the FBFCS. FBS from FCS, uh, but they have that two-year postseason ban. Is yeah, it? I mean, listen, they're not bowl eligible. <laughs> they are not bowl eligible. And they're not. <laughs> it's not necessarily a ban, just because it's like a probation period. I think it's what they call it. So silly. But it seems odd that this team has come in and they won last yeah, year. What's they the won? point? Oh, what's God. the point of this? Like, if there was like, if this was like a trial period and then there was no penalty and they could just drop back down because they right. couldn't hang, okay, I would understand. But what's the point? They've moved up. Why can't they win their conference? Like, wh- yeah. why are they not allowed to win the conference that they're playing in? Why are they just not allowed? They just, just no. leave it. Yeah, just wave the probation. Like, okay, you're good enough to compete. What, what are we doing? Uh, and they came a year after they won the SES National Championship. Yeah, been, it's not like the, it was not like that was rare. They're good. Right. They've been yeah. good at that level for a long time. So yeah, it's just very strange. But it's a fun team to watch. I think every week Tucker and I find a different like social clip of one of their coaches. One one week they were using a replay on their phone and trying to show a referee like what happened on the replay of their phone. The ref wasn't having it. No. Uh, another week I forget what they did, but like a strength coach or something was doing something crazy. Like they have a lot of fun. They have a lot of fun there. And that team is a lot of fun in general. We're talking about some of the like their defensive line. Uh, quarterback is as a guy you brought up to young guys. They got they got a young team, young fun team. Up uh, Georgia Southern. Also should not be yeah. should not be counted out because they've been pretty salty this uh, this year as well. Um, this is at James Madison in Harrisonburg, uh, Virginia. This will be on ESPN two at eleven a.m. kickoff time. Uh, very interesting because like, I, I think James I think this is a good test in terms of uh, in James Madison Georgia Southern. Um, if you guys are familiar with, I guess this would be Group of Five football. Yeah, um, but. I know that a lot of people aren't familiar with it, but there's some. There's going to be some. This is going to be a good football game and a good matchup between two just good teams. Clay Helton got a lot of flack at USC, and he should have. Uh, yeah. But he's pulled Georgia Southern out of the triple option and just kind of being a nothing there and mm-hmm. like making them matter. And so they're four and one. They're coming in. They've been playing really good ball this year. They're going to James Madison, who James Madison's been winning the past two years, but they're not like they're not blowing everybody out. So this really should be a good, fun, you know, like. Uh, uh, not Power 5 game if you're looking to get into it a little bit, right? Like, if you're looking to get into the group of five, this will be a fun game to watch. Um, I don't know how many draft prospects there necessarily will be, but I do think James Madison has some defensive linemen worth keeping your eye on. Jalen yeah. Green um, and then uh, Jamori Chroma, they kind of play D in, D tackle hybrids, a little bit of outside. Like, they kind of move all around, but both those guys are getting after the quarterback. Right. They're playing, I mean, they're playing a lot of fun football. 
Hopefully this game gets like the rub it should. A lot of times when you tune in to watch James Madison, you kind of get a pretty wonky broadcast because they're a group of five team. But actually, this is on ESPN too. Yeah, so they should be pretty good. Like you should actually get a C and be able to tell what's going on in a good football game. It's like you got nothing going on at 11 a.m. This slate isn't that great unless you're watching, you know, a beat down of the Big Ten. Throw this game on. Watch some of the James Madison Dukes. Watch Clay Helton try to rebound his coaching career for Georgia Southern. It should be a good one. Yep. Also, our friends at Homefield Apparel have some great Georgia Southern gear. I don't know if you've seen it. They got a, a G- GATA, uh, mm-hmm. after their asses shirt with uh, yeah. Georgia Southern on it. Um, Last week, I had the Duke shirt on too. It's true. You had the Dukes. We're we're big uh, Sunbelt Sun Belt fans. Uh, Sunbelt, Sunbelt. Sunbelt. Uh, looking at the spread of this game, Maddie, um, the Dukes are favored by six points at home. Yeah. Uh, they are three and two this year against the spread. Georgia Southern five and zero oh this year against the spread. Uh, so thoughts on this game before we do our pick? Listen, uh, James Madison's coming off a week off. I don't know if Georgia Southern played last week. They might be coming off a week off too. But um, I, I, give me the Dukes. Give me our Dukes. I'm riding with Ooh. the Dukes. Uh, we're laying the points. We're at home. I think James. I think James Madison's just that team, right? Like every yeah. now and then, you just have one of these kind of group of five teams that comes into their conference and they kind of run it for a while. App State had their run. Yep. Coastal Carolina had their run. UTSA. Like you get these teams that get in the conference and they just like have the right coach the light right recruiting they're in the right area and they just kind of get it going i think james it's the time of james madison they need to keep riding this hype too because they got to get past again this old band or ineligibility period whatever it's going to be right. to keep it rolling so i, I i'm going to ride with the, i'm going to ride with the dukes in this one we're laying the points i i going to have a hard time betting against the dukes basically <laughs> because i really like them i just like their image and branding and everything Yes, it's super cool. Uh, but this from our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, Georgia Southern has covered the spread in four of its last five games. Um, so another little nugget, but I'm rolling with the Dukes. Let's go. I like the Dukes too much to not roll uh, with them. But let's get into game two. We're going to get back into the power five. The Huskies. The Huskies. The Huskies are hosting the number eight Oregon Ducks. Number, number seven versus number eight in the AP poll. This is a, obviously take place in Seattle, Washington. Beautiful stadium, by the way. Probably the best. It's like right on the water. The water. People watch from boats. It's actually incredible. That's one of the, that's like the bucket list stadium, right? You know, it's like a stadium you want to go watch a game at. Probably I'd want to watch a Washington, Oregon game there. I want, except for Oregon's not, not wear the eggshell uniforms for this game. I like, I don't dislike the uniforms. I just, this is your biggest rival. Like, right? I don't want an alternate uniform. Give me some greens and yellows versus the purple and the gold. That's what I want to see for this game. They should have worn, was it last week they wore like the throwback Donald mm-hmm. Duck uniforms? Two weeks ago, yeah, yeah. Two weeks ago? They should have worn it. Oh, it was I agree. Game. Yeah, they just got to get the nice. colors. You got to get the colors. Go. This is a great game. Some, you know what some are calling this? The battle for the Big Ten. Some are calling it the battle for the Big Ten, as I had said that when we were prepping <laughs> uh, for the show. I This is, I think Washington should be ranked higher than what they I think the Arizona game put a little bit of a bad taste in people's mouth because it was close. Fair. But if you watch, one, Arizona gave USC some issues too. So maybe Arizona's not as bad as like everybody was pretending. And right. two, if you watch it, Arizona just played scared. They played like a, a quarter shell and they just had safeties playing 30 yards deep and just said, hey, check it down. We're not really trying to stop you. Mm-hmm. We just want you to drive the ball for seven minutes to score. And like Washington did, right? So like, I just think that game put a bad taste in people's mouth. You want to tell me that Caleb DeBoer and that Huskies team were preparing for Oregon and not really caring about Arizona? Yeah. I'm in. And Oregon probably did the same. I don't want to, Oregon, all, both teams are coming off an off week. I think we're going to get a banger of a game, right? Like you have two teams fully prepared for one another here. So it's, it should be a great one. Oregon's been really good. Oregon's probably a more complete team than Washington is right now. I would agree with that. 
Yeah, they've looked yeah. better defense. Right. Um, it, I don't even know defense if they've been. Is... Yeah, I don't know if they've been challenged more. I don't think that's fair to say either team. They, we all like the story of Colorado, but it's not like Colorado is an upper echelon team. Are they really any better than a Boise, than a Michigan State? Right, right. So like their teams are about the same. So it'll be fun. I don't. I think it's kind of about whichever offensive line plays better. Mm-hmm. I think um, both of them have good but not great defensive lines. The coverage unit for Oregon's probably a little bit better, but then the weapons for Washington are definitely better. So like, I just think whatever offensive line plays a little bit better, can Washington handle the physicality of Oregon? Like That's the question for me. You mentioned like the defense of, of Oregon, too. I think that's what I was most impressed when we talked about um, the game that they had against Colorado. I think yeah. that's what really stood out to me was the defenses. And Bo Nix gets a lot of deserved credit, I think, for on that on that Oregon team. I think he has been he's kind of revitalized his career over there. You just need to go to the Pac-12, I guess, is all you needed to do. There's been a lot of quarterbacks go to the Pac-12 and have a revitalization yeah. out there. It's been a bit of quarterback conference of, as of late. But uh, I, I do think that their defense is really surprising to me. I'm going to be curious how they play against some of these absolute studs that Washington has a wide receiver. You talk about Roma Dunzi. You talk about, uh, you know... Um, I'm blanking on who the uh, other guy is. Mc- McMillan and Polk. Yeah. McMillan and Polk. Like those guys are legit dudes. Uh, are they going to have enough horses back there to cover those guys? That's going to be the big thing. Well, so, and this is where it gets real confusing. It's Jalen McMillan and um, Jalen Polk. Oh, yes. Like this is two Jalen. Um, uh-huh. So here's the thing. I agree. I think McMillan's been hurt. He missed the Arizona game or was limited. I think he'll be back for this one, which is big for the Huskies. Yeah. Um, and then Oregon, like, yeah, they, they lost a couple guys in the secondary. So I don't know how well they're going to hold up. They look good versus Colorado, but one, Colorado was missing their their best receiver. Like, they have weapons, but, like, Travis Hunter gave them an element that nobody else was in that game. Correct. Roma Dunze, Jalen McMillan, those two guys will take the top off no matter what. Like, you're going to have to defend the whole field against the Huskies. Now, Evan Williams is a safety. He's a transfer in from Fresno State for Oregon. He's been playing exceptionally well. So, like, I think he's going to have a lot uh, on his plate to stop some posts, some corner routes that Washington's going to throw at them now. I think this is a game, though. I think Roma Dunze kind of takes this game over. I think this is just one of those games where you need big-time players to step up. We saw it last week when Missouri and LSU played. Malik Neighbors and Luther Burden, especially early on, are kind of trading punches as yep. wide receivers taking the game over. Your quarterback has to get them the ball, but studs show up and make big plays. I think if Adunze really wants to press that real hard agenda for wide receiver two, this is a game where he just takes over, and I think he can. I'm looking at the schedule for Oregon. And we talked. You you brought this up, and I said hmm, I want to go back and look and see who they've played. Tech. Uh, Texas Tech is really the only team they've played. They obviously hung a eighty one point eighty one burger on Portland State. They beat Texas Tech close. Like that was a close game. I think Texas Tech might be better than a lot of people think, though. I think that might play into yeah. it a little bit. Uh, crushed Hawaii, crushed Colorado. Both not very good. Like Colorado without their best weapon. Right. Um. So like that's that's something to to attribute to that. Colorado also doesn't have a defense, essentially. And that's it, too. Oregon's defensive line has just ran over everybody they've played besides right. Texas Tech. And that yes. was the one game that was close. And then, you know, their last two drives of that, the defensive line for Oregon showed up, and that kind of was what ended the game. It mm-hmm. got the pick six. It got a stop. But the defensive line was kind of controlled for Texas Tech. I don't think a single player for Texas Tech's offensive line starts on Washington. No. Washington's offensive line is yeah. really good. Those tackles, Troy Fatano and Roger uh, Rosengarten, Two really good players. They're both going to play in the NFL. Yeah. Maybe tackle, maybe guard, but they're going to play. So I, I think Washington's offensive line in general is that Oregon's offensive line is good too, right? So like I just, it's whatever defense shows up. But I, I think there are some warning signs for Oregon that if their defensive line can't just run through Washington's pass or offense pass protection, I, Adunze, McMillan, Polk, I, they might put some points up. And listen, I'm a skeptic. I don't know if I believe Bo Nix yet or not. 
there's only so many times I can watch you throw a one yard pass and then hit a bomb to wide open Troy Franklin and not be like, okay, I, I, you're better. You're better than you were, but like, can you do it when someone's not wide open and you got to actually throw the ball? It looks like our friends at DraftKings anticipate this to be a very high scoring game. Woo. Uh, the total is 67, but I'm looking at the anytime touchdown scores and they have one, two, three, four, five, six players in minus money. So Roman Dunzi, Jalen McMillan, Dylan Johnson, Troy Franklin. Uh, Bucky Irving, Big Bucky. We haven't talked about him yet. He's still on the dog watch. We still haven't dog talked about Bucky yet. And uh, Jalen Polk also all in minus money for any time touchdown scores. Uh, so they like a lot of points in this game. Obviously, Washington three points, getting three points at home, uh, minus three points, I should say, in, in favor of them. So that makes you think that neutral site. This is pick them a straight up pick. I agree. Um, and I I think this is going to be a really good case. Seven versus eight. Really do obviously seven. Yeah, seven versus eight. Uh, that plays a lot into it. Let me give you a stat before you make your perfect. Uh, Washington has failed to cover the spread in 10 of its last 11 October games as a favorite. Okay. So as a favorite, um, they have not covered in many October games. Oregon, 5-0 against the spread. Washington, 3-2 and against the spread this year. Maddie, what are you picking in this game? Who is this tough? Um, Washington's a team that I've liked the past couple of years. been very open about it. I think they're a lot of fun. I love the offense. We got, we got, yeah, we got the Washington shirt. We got the dubs up. Let's go. Uh, so we're going to take Washington. I, I just trust the quarterback more. I think they have the best non-quarterback as well in Roma Dunze. I think the offensive line is a little bit better. I'm going to take Washington, but I think it's also a little bit mental. I think mm. Kalen DeBoer is there, and this is the game they have to win. This is their big rivalry, and this is a game that the Washington hasn't really been able to, since Mario got to Oregon, they, Oregon just kind of pushes Washington around. They kind of bully them. And Dan Lanning, I love as a coach, too. Oh, yeah. He might be able to do it too. He might be able to push around Washington, but I just think this is the game they have to have. This is the year they're about to lose Michael Penix, who's kind of got them back on the map. They're getting ready to make this Big Ten change. I think if there is a game to show Washington can handle physicality, it's this one. You're coming off a week off. I'm going to take the Huskies in this one, but I do think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be really close. Uh, I'm going to take Oregon in this one, not because I think Oregon's going to win, because I think it's like a one-point game. Yeah. Uh, that's the only reason why I think Washington still wins. If you, this game to me, I told you this last night, this game feels to me that this is a game that Oregon loses. It feels like a game. Yeah. This is a game that just Oregon drops. They don't feel up to it. Uh, I don't know if. Uh, last question before we take a break and then move on to the to the uh, other games that we got here. Loser of this game. Does it say more about the loser or the winner? Do you think? Um, who the winner? The winner. Um, unless something gets blown out. No, I don't. I don't. I won't take anything too negative actually from either team here. They're coming. They're the two very good teams. I think both these teams honestly can be competing for the play. Even with a loss, one of these teams can still make the playoff because yeah. if they win out, they'll still play one another again in the championship mm-hmm. game. Most likely, if they win out, because they all eat play each other in the Pac-12. Um, they win again there. It's like no. I think whoever loses this game still has a chance. I'm not going to look too poorly on either one for losing. I will say though, it'll be a tough pill to swallow if Washington just gets bullied, right? If they just yeah. get bullied, I'm like, okay, it's the same Washington team that we've been seeing. They're not physically ready for that yet. But anything else besides just getting pushed around, it, it's just all out who can pull this game off and win. There it is. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. We're going to get into our. Uh, we got a Sickos game. We got a wild card game, and we also got. The evening night slate game, which is a loaded night slate, by the way. Loaded night slate coming up right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're brought to you today by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil or trouble. Manscaped is all new. Handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. 
Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treats this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code KCSN for 20% off plus free shipping. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-sized package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. There's no trick with this treat. Manscaped has you covered. Get 20% off and free shipping with code KCSN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with code KCSN. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's get right back into it, Maddie. as we are going to the night slate game, 6 p.m. kickoff, as uh, number 25 Miami travels to number 12 North Carolina, Ooh. as it'll be in Chapel Hill, obviously, on ABC. Listen, you can just leave your TV on. Um, the Oregon and Washington game is going to go right into our game to Miami-North Carolina. Uh, this is an interesting game. Miami is a team that is <laughs> interesting. Um I want to give a hat tip to our friends at the Sickos uh, committee, uh, by the way, because early on I was reading some of their uh, their, their preview content. Yeah. It's like teams that have the potential to be sicko. They immediately said, this Miami team is a sicko team. Like, at the beginning of the year, they're like, this team is going to be sicko. Miami plus Mario? That is... Yeah, and sicko. and we can talk about what they what they did last no, week, No, no, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> it's fine. No, she not you know what happened last week, obviously. Them not kneeling, kneeling the clock out. Very weird. And losing to Georgia Tech. I don't know if you saw this, Maddie. That uh, Miami had beaten Miami of Ohio, who had beaten Georgia Tech, who had also beaten Miami. No, I think Miami of Ohio beat Bowling Green. Oh, okay. Blew out Georgia Tech. Yes. Who beat Miami. So Miami of Ohio got revenge against Miami. I guess my. College football. There you go. I'm glad that you were able to pull that because uh, not firing all cylinders. But here, let's go. Uh, Miami, North Carolina. What do you think about this game? It seems like a game that Miami would weirdly get up for. Oh, I'm sure they'll be up for it, especially yeah. after last week. They get a lot of criticism all week, right? Now, see, here's the thing. Um, if I wasn't, you know, in Kansas City right now, I'd probably go to this game. This would be a fun game to drive right down the street to. This is yeah. one of the ones I had circled to potentially go to. Um, this would be a fun game, right? You get Drake May going up against a Miami defense. It's really, really good, mm-hmm. and Miami's going to be a little motivated coming off of this. Um, because you know, they, whatever happened last week. They still have, I don't want to say playoff hopes. I don't know if you can lose a Georgia Tech and have playoff hopes, right. but they still have ACC championship hopes. And losing another game right here would be would be difficult. But 
you're still going to be motivated. And North Carolina, I got a nugget for you coming in early, has won the last four meetings against Miami. Mac Brown's on a four-game win streak against the Canes right now. So, like, so, you know, they're slinging it. Um, it wouldn't be fair if we also did, like, bring this up. Uh, Devontae Walker, Tez Walker, was reinstated last week for North Carolina. He was a little sick during the game, I believe. Um, so he didn't have, like, a huge game last week, but he is back. So North Carolina now has wide receiver one, and then Nate McCollum, wide receiver two, mm-hmm. fully healthy and bad. That, that, that might matter in this game as it goes on. Absolutely. And I love how the NCAA reinstated him and said, like, we wanted to do this the whole time, even though they were the ones that said that he couldn't play. They're trying to make North Carolina the bad guys. Like, you didn't situation. send us the right information. North Carolina's like, uh, we didn't send anything new. <laughs> Just a very bizarre situation. Yeah. NCAA continuing to do baffling things. What's new? Um, that seems to be a very, uh, very consistent thing. But yeah, you mentioned the Miami defense. Very good. Obviously, Drake May. I don't know if Drake Mays had quite the year that we anticipated. It was great last week, though. It was very good last week, yes. Um, hopefully, we continue that momentum against uh, against an ACC uh, opponent in uh, Miami. I need to look up the that's the ACC standings real quick to yep. see how, how that's all going. But And you mentioned that. I mean, that's the big matchup, right? Drake May versus Miami team that has probably as much NFL talent as anyone he's going to face right. this year. Right? They got Leonard Taylor, one of the best interior pass rushers coming up the middle. And then on the back end, you have both their safeties, uh, Cameron Kitchens and then um, James Williams are both probably going to play in the NFL. And so you have Drake May, who is fighting to be, listen, I think he's still in QB1 conversation. Mm. Don't don't get the the sheets pulled over your eyes with Caleb Williams highlights. You know, you got one, that is true. Caleb Williams hasn't completed a touchdown pass left-handed yet. Drake May has. That's number one. Number two, I think Drake May is just better in structure than Caleb Williams is right now. Not that he's got this high ceiling or quite as much physical tools, but he's still got plenty. Just don't sleep on Drake May. So I think this is a big game for him. He's coming off arguably his best game in all of college football last week against Syracuse. Yeah. Can he build on that now that that team is healthy? And then, like I said, the Miami defense has got a lot of guys vying to go to the NFL. So it's not like it's a walk in the park like last week may have been. So that's the big matchup there. I was looking at the ACC standings right now. Louisville leads the way 3-0 behind Florida State. I guess they're technically tied. Yeah. Uh, UNC has only played two conference games. So they're 2-0 with Duke at 1-0. Uh, behind him, so all the teams that haven't had a loss, Georgia Tech obviously having one loss uh, in there, but uh, then that's that's behind them because they're two and one. So it's it looks like it's going to be probably Florida State and UNC when you when you talk about the the ACC uh, when it comes. They play a championship game, right? Or yeah, they get rid of that. I think they still got it. I think they do too because they got rid of, did, did, they got rid of the division, divisions, but they yeah. still play the championship game, uh, a Florida UNC game. That would bang. I would go very. I mean, you can't roll well, Louisville right now either, though. I mean, it's true. They have a weak schedule. I mean, the ACC is getting interesting. Weeks. It's getting interesting here down the stretch. It really will. Uh, so, looking at this game, it looks like that the Tar Heels are favored by three points at home. Matty, does that line surprise? You? It did. It surprised me a lot. I'm, I'm gonna be sad. I'm very surprised that the Tar Heels weren't getting a little bit more rub here. I guess maybe the. The way the Vegas lines work, they're not going to weigh in that Mario forgot to kneel the ball. They're going to see that Miami was going to win this game, right? Like, they, they see Miami, you know, gained. They were better than Georgia Tech. They just had some execution errors and some unluckiness. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to put that in there. But still, like, I feel like Miami's getting a lot of weight from just chucking the ball downfield against Texas A&M, which they should get credit for, but we just saw Alabama do the same thing. And, like, nobody thinks Alabama's got the best quarterback wide receiver tandem in all of college football, but you just watched Texas A&M, you would. So, yeah. and the line did surprise me. Hey, listen, Gene Chizik has this North Carolina defense playing not terribly right now, right? 
Like they're no longer just the sieve on that side of the ball. They have the best or second best quarterback in all of college football. They're getting weapons back. It's at home. Mac Brown's a good, he's a better coach than Mario Cristobal during a game. Not saying Mario there. Mac still makes plenty of questionable decisions, but he's a better in-game coach than Mario. So like, it's just yeah, that line's going to be my surprise. We saw a lot of questionable coaching decisions on uh, last Saturday uh, in the college football ranks. Come on, Arizona. But like there, fish. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of questionable ones. But looking at some kind of nuggets before we pick this game, Mario, Mario, Miami has failed to cover the spread in eight of its last nine games against conference opponents. So struggling to cover against conference teams, while uh, Miami is uh, three and two against the spread this year. Yeah. UNC is four and one against the spread. Who are you taking on this one? As in, you know, we're getting we're getting the Rams out, baby. We're getting the Rams out. We're ready to rock. We got the Rams. Let's sit down. We're coming in. We got North Carolina coming. Tucker was very thrown off when he saw some people. I doing saw it. what was game day? The, the college game day was there. And I saw people do it. I was like, what is it? He said to me, he's like, what is this? I was like, that's a Ram. You know, not many people do it. That's what it is. Um now nah, give me North Carolina. Better quarterback. I yeah. trust Drake made it win this game. Think the weapons are going to come in clutch for North Carolina. Like I said, that defensive line is full of four and five stars that are finally starting to kind of get it. They're starting to click a little bit. I think they can do enough to disrupt this. I think Mario's going to be too much of a coward to ever capitalize on any momentum they have. So North Carolina is always going to be there. Only three points at home. Yeah, I'm taking. I'm taking the Tar Heels. Better QB, better coach. What else you need? That's all you need. I'm taking UNT as well. Uh, three points at home seems light. They're saying, so they're basically saying this is a pick at neutral site, and I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if North Carolina gets a full three for a home field. I don't know. I don't yeah, know what Chapel is. They might be They might be a two or a two and a half, but still, it's still close to a pick which is, again, surprising. Very much so. Um, on the same page with that one there. So let's move on to the wild card game. This is a good wild card game. Banger. This is a banger wild card game. Uh, is the time on this correct, Matt? I'm looking at this now. I don't know. No, it is not correct. Okay. So number eighteen UCLA travels to number fifteen Oregon State. Been a surprising team this year, Oregon State. Surprising to me. I know that a lot of people were kind of high on on uh, Oregon State. I wasn't quite buying the uh, DJU hype. Uh, but this is number eighteen, number fifteen matchup on Fox in Corvallis. What it's six. It's, it's, it's six. It's at six. It's another that's night right. game. That's yeah. right. Because both of our wildcard games are night games. Yeah, if you've got the second TV, you got the other monitor, got the laptop, you're gonna bar, you're gonna want to, yeah, you're gonna bar, you're gonna want to pull this one up. Uh, gotta pull this one up on your phone if they don't have it up on the bar TVs. Because uh, listen, the Pac-12 is playing good football this year. They are, and we've talked a lot about the Pac-12 this year more than maybe I anticipated talking about the Pac-12 this year, and more than we talked about it in yeah. the last couple of years they've done the show. So UCLA, a team that has played. Spoiler is trying to play a spoiler to a lot of teams. Uh, they didn't quite play spoiler to uh, to the Utes, but Oregon State, a team that, I mean, you look at the you look at the standings, they can make some noise too. So it's a very interesting, a very interesting game with these two teams. Listen, UCLA's defensive performance against Washington State might be the single best performance yes. I have seen all season. And one, not many people could watch the game because it's on the Pac-12 Network. Two, I mean, it single-handedly destroyed any Cam Ward hype that was going on for Washington State because they just had him in completely in a blender. And I mean, D. Anton Lynn is the safety was the safeties coach for Baltimore, hired this year by UCLA, and that defense is playing all right now. People forget that that Utah game, that defense shut down Utah. Not hard to do, but like if they didn't have a true freshman playing quarterback, making a lot of mistakes in that game because Utah's an impossible place to play, right. they might win that game. They might be undefeated, and we're sitting here and saying, 
UCLA has the best defense in the Pac-12. They have a, a potent enough offense with Chip Kelly. They're going to make noise. I think that Utah game is kind of skewing what we think just mm-hmm. because of a true freshman quarterback making you know foreseeable and forgivable mistakes. It's like, I don't know. I think we might be sleeping on this UCLA team a little bit, like overall. I think we probably bought in too much to that Utah game because, again, he's a true freshman. Yeah. Like, he's allowed to make some mistakes. He's allowed to. It's it's a very interesting uh, matchup. When I looked over at the, uh, the Pac-12 standings because... Pac-12 is wild. It's Amazing. wild right now. USC's played four conference games. No other team has played three. Oh wow! So they're four and zero. Oregon is two and zero. Well, okay, because they got Notre Dame. That always they always put that in the middle. I'm trying to figure out. They must have just all their cupcake. USC must have all their cupcakes in the middle. It's weird. I know they played Notre Dame this week. Hey, spoiler: we're not talking about that game. We've talked enough about those two teams. Yeah. Um, you can watch the game if you want, I guess. But it's it during like, this game. It's during this game. It's during yeah. it's during Miami, North Carolina. Like, who wants to watch, you know, Notre Dame pound the rock 38 million times and a defense not be able to stop it? That's true. <laughs> you talk about Caleb Williams. He does make a lot of good off-script throws. Amazing. Patrick Mahomes asking talks yeah. about the, his arm slots and everything like that. But you make a really good point when you talk about just, like, him in structure is not as good as Drake Mano. We're not talking about USC. It's it's inevitable. We have to talk about USC. It's a ranking. It's ranked on ranked. It's a team with college football playoff hopes in USC and Notre Dame, you know, off a tough stretch here where they've lost two or three, potentially could have lost all three. Yeah. Looking to play spoiler at home. Like, I, I fully get it. That's a big rivalry, too. So, like, it's a, it's worth mentioning, but that's not the game we'll talk about anymore. Done with that. Uh, but I'm just I'm just so confused why USC's played so many more conference games than anybody else. Like, they played four. The next highest team has played two. I, mean, I, I know the Notre Dame factor game factors in, right? Because they have to play them, and they must. I don't know how the rest of their schedule shakes out. I mean, it's weird. It is very. It's very because I'm looking at it now. Uh, they played. That okay. So San Jose State. They started with San Jose State. Then they had Nevada. Then they went Stanford, Arizona State, Colorado, Arizona. Now they have Notre Dame, but then they have Utah, Cal, Washington, Oregon, UCLA. They seem like they. The Pac's all just playing that many conference games all over. They seem like they're that. That seems like they're going to have an extra one than everybody else. If they're, I mean, I guess everyone's just playing three games out of conference. I don't know. I haven't paid that much attention, but hey, that's good. That's fun. That's the schedule. I was going to say it's their week off because if I'm not mistaken, right? That's what uh, that's what it must be. Is they must have a week off. Sure, but um, I mean, like that's a stretch. Like that's coming. They're coming in hot now. Have they already had their week off? There's no way they'd already have their week off and play four conference games. They might have. I think they did. Anywho, they did, yeah. UCLA and Oregon State. Um, it's gonna be a fun one. I really do. DJU's coming off a good game for him in Oregon State. I think Oregon State wants to pound the rock and just like run this one at UCLA, but UCLA has the defense that can handle it. Uh, the Murphy twins and Latu Latu there on the defensive front. Those three guys are getting after it so bad right now. This could be a game where you see DJU really turn to a pumpkin if Oregon State's protection can't hold up. Now, Oregon State, if you want a matchup to watch, it's Latu. And the Murphy Twins versus these Oregon State tackles. Okay, Joshua Gray coming into the season plays left tackle for Oregon State. He was the guy that had a little bit of draft type as a mid-round guy, but across from him, it's a guy that kind of came on strong. It is Talisi Afuaga has been playing right tackle for them, and he has been excellent. He has been, like, we're talking a guy that is maybe pushing to be a potential first-round type pick the way he's been playing. He's been that good. So, kind of whoever wins that matchup of these UCLA pass rushers versus those offensive tackles, like, you could really see Oregon State's offense roll by just pushing these guys around, or you could see UCLA with another performance like last week where they just have, I mean, DJU, if he's asked to drop back and just throw the ball around, I I think it could get ugly for for the Beavs. We're going to say favored by three and a half points at home hmm. uh, against UCLA. 
looking at some of the uh, the fun facts from our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Oregon State has covered the spread in each of its last 10 games against conference opponents at Riser Stadium. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know if Maddie, if I'm buying the three and a half there, it's going to be a close. One. I think I think this is another one two point game uh, when you're talking about the grand scheme of things. I'll make my pick first. I'm going to take UCLA. I was impressed yeah. with UCLA, and I think they've been playing very good. Their defense, as you mentioned, um, is good. Yeah, it's a good good defense. I I like it in this game. Uh, but that's what I'm going. I'm going to go with uh, UCLA in this one. I think I'm with you. I don't think Oregon State, I think they lost a lot of defensive players from last year. I like this team was kind of known to be a little bit of a of a defensive kind of minded team, a rough, a rough team and stuff like that. I think they against bad competition, I think their defense shows up, but I don't know if they have the kind of defense that's just gonna absolutely run Dante Moore and this UCLA offense off the field. Right. And I just I like what I've seen in this UCLA defense right now. Bets, they pass rushers, coverage guys, they fly around. I think they make it really tough on DJU in this game. I'm also taking the Bruins. Um, they they hurt me when I picked them against Utah. They came back and they they squashed out our Cougs. So like I'm gonna I'm feeling like a ride with the Bruins one more time. Give me UCLA in this one. Um, of getting the points, getting some points for UCLA. Uh, let's move on to the second wild card game. Also at six uh, thirty, Missouri at number twenty four, Kentucky. Kentucky favored by two and a half points. This is going to be a really incredibly close game. I think Missouri was like 26 in the AP poll in this receiving votes, just behind uh, Miami, who I think if Kansas State would have won against Oklahoma State, they probably would have stayed in the top 25. But I don't know how Kentucky gets blown out with worse wins than Missouri and right. remains ranked, but Missouri, with a better win, loses a much closer game, not against as good of a team, but still a respected ranked team, and they fall out. That makes no sense to me. It didn't make any sense to me when I saw it either. But looking at the uh, SEC East standings, I think this is going to be pretty important for the SEC East standings. Yeah. Now it's not going to be, it's not going to be the winner of the SEC East, right? Like it's yeah. going to be probably who's going to be close to um, like this could be for number two yeah. in the SEC East. Yeah, probably. Um, which would be a big jump from Missouri. As a Missouri football fan, will be a big jump. Uh, fun fact from Gabe Yarman, who shared this on the yeah. uh, Missouri That's Who podcast: the winner of Kentucky Missouri. Whoever has won that game has yeah. always finished higher in the SEC East innings than the other one has. Okay. So but. if Missouri beats Ken- Kentucky, you're talking about possibly being number two in the SEC East. Yep. Um, and with a chance to go into Georgia between the hedges, because they could play spoiler to, to Georgia. A Georgia team that hasn't necessarily played all that well this Until year. Until they play Kentucky. <laughs> Until they play Kentucky. They're still the number one like offense. I don't know if you know that. They're still the number one offense in the country uh, when it comes to... Check out. I don't know how that works. Right. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, that's very odd. Uh, but Missouri-Kentucky, this is a turning into a pretty big rivalry, truthfully, uh, between these two teams. These two teams do not like each other. This is going to be under the lights in Lexington. This was supposed to be a ranked matchup. Uh, should have been. It should have been. Uh, been a ranked matchup. But, Maddie, first thoughts on this one uh, as, the, as these two teams... Really do not like each other, like I said. My first thought was Missouri should be ranked and Kentucky shouldn't, right? Like, that was my first thought. My next thought is, like, I, I don't want to not give Missouri some time here, but, like, this is the third game in this slate, and then also we mentioned USC-Notre Dame's in the slot. Like, yeah, it, it's a game that I know Missouri fans and Kentucky fans will be all over, but, like, not and probably not a lot of people are going to see this, so it's going to be a little bit quicker to move through this, especially because we talked about Missouri and mm-hmm. Kentucky both last week. I, I, I like this matchup for Missouri, I think. I don't think Kentucky's quite as good as they were looking early on. I think they, they play, you know, smash mouth football. They want to push you around, but I don't know if they have the horses to do so. I think it was kind of a little bit of the teams, the matchups they had. Yeah. I really think Missouri's going to be able to stress this coverage unit. I think Missouri, the way Brady Cook's been playing, which is yeah. good. I mean, he had some returns to the Brady Cook that we know last week versus LSU, but it was a game where they had to score points. He's still generally been playing really good. 
Theo Weiss, Luther Burden, uh, Mookie, these guys are playing great, right? So, like, I, I think Missouri just has too much firepower for Kentucky. These are, and both these teams, I think, are playing for their season. Like, they can't. Yeah. I don't think either one can really afford to lose another game in a row here and kind of lose that momentum in the middle of the season. Obviously, they'll still make bowls or whatever. It's just, it'll be hard. You can handle that loss to LSU. You can handle that loss to Georgia. But stacking it up here, good teams don't, you know, lose twice because of one game. I right. think somebody needs to rebound. I, I'm kind of leaning Missouri. It's going to be an interesting game because they love Ray Davis. Uh, they love very good. Ray Davis. He is very good. Missouri's run defense hasn't necessarily been the best. Nope. Um, so that could be uh, uh, something to watch there. Defensive line has played a lot better as of late. Uh, but I do think that they have... Evan Leary hasn't played probably as well as we anticipated him to play this year. A shoulder shot. Uh, it, 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 it does. It looks like it um, So I think that that's kind of how Missouri can gain a leg up because their their coverage, their secondary is pretty good. I do think that uh, Ennis Rakestraw is not playing in this game. He has a little bit of a groin injury that they're just trying to... And again, this is probably a game that he can maybe afford to sit out just You'll because live. of the coverage yeah. uh, and everything like that. They're going to try to run the ball a lot. But uh, two and a half points, Maddie. Kentucky getting the two and a half at home. Um, what are you uh, picking in this one? Kentucky getting points or are they favorite? I thought they are favorite. Okay, okay. they're favorite. Yeah, give me Missouri. And give me the Tigers. Like I, said, I think they have too much firepower. I mean, yeah. Listen, I... I still don't love Brady Cook as like a prospect, as in like really putting my season. I said last week, the reason I took LSU was because I trusted Daniels more than Brady Cook, and I think it played out that way. But I trust Cook more than I trust Leary. I trust the weapons Missouri has. I love how Eli's decided to get the ball to Luther Burden. And then when teams have to take him away, they're finding ways to get the OE shots down the field one-on-one, and he's making them pay. The running game, I, I don't remember that Missouri's running back's name. I'm sorry. Ernie Schrader yeah. and Nate Schrader. Schrader's been fun. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes one cut and then just kind of goes, and I like that he doesn't waste any time. He gets yep. them positive yards when it's available. It's like, I think they just have too much juice. I don't feel like Kentucky can keep up if Missouri even gets halfway rolling in this game, so give me Missouri land the points. I would take, the points. I'm going to take Missouri as well. That's probably a homer pick, but I think it. This is a pretty big game. This is a big game for both these teams. So pick them. I'm just saying to pick them. Missouri might even be favored by a, a half point or something like that on a neutral field, right? So I mean, yeah. like, yeah, I, I, that's not a homer pick at all. Uh, I'm going to take the Tigers. I like how the offense has been playing. If you would have told me, like, Maddie in August, that Missouri's offense would be the the talking point that we were talking about, I would have called you. I would have said you're crazy. My mind is blown at Brady Cook. I mean, it really is. Yeah, like he's, he's been so much yes. better this year. Like they they teased you with this QB competition, and I'm like, yes, please get anyone else back. I, I, it's tough that Brady Cook was terrible last year. I, I'm sorry. I don't know how people watch that and even tame in with any promise. Right. We don't see what happens at practice. We don't see what Eli sees. And he clearly has made the right choice to ride with him and get him out there on the field. He's playing great. Like I said, we saw a little bit of the old Brady Cook last week versus LSU. So you can't have that stack up. You can't have that continue. Come out and get him rolling again. Come out, beat Kentucky like you should. And like I think you feel great as a Missouri fan. All right, let's get to our last game. We got oh, the Sickos game of might, the week. This might be one of the sickest ones we've ever done. It might be. But this is a Power 5 Sickos game. This is a, Power 5 is generous. Uh, Sickos game of the week. This is at the uh, 2.30, 3.30 time slot, uh, wherever your time zone you're watching in. But Wake Forest travels uh, to Hatt- the Hattiesburg. Is that Virginia Tech? Blacksburg? Blacksburg. Blacksburg. Blacksburg, Virginia, to take on Virginia Tech. What is a... Best walkout songs. Yes. yes. And just say, man, they, they get that going. They get rolling. This is on the ACC network. This is yeah. part of the reason why it's a singles game. 
probably not going to be able to watch it. No, no, you uh, can find the ACC Network. That one's findable. Is that by a- is ESPN do that one? I think so. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, sense. it's very findable. Um, so like that's why I felt okay putting it. We try not to put like you know conference network games on here too much because we know that's difficult for people to find. I feel like the ACC and SEC Network both are pretty easy to find, honestly. Yeah. Missouri and Kentucky is on the SEC Network. I don't know if I mentioned that. That's where that one is. It's pretty accessible. ACC Network uh, for this one as well. As I uh, mentioned, Virginia Tech. I'm not actually if I mentioned this at all. Favorite by a point at home. I don't know how. <laughs> I know. Listen, if you haven't watched Virginia Tech for a snap this year, I don't blame you. They won, first of all, tragedy last year. We feel bad about that. This football team gets a lot of credit for battling through that, you know, to start this year. But it, now we're into football. Like, I know I'm not taking away from that, but like we're talking about the football now in you know, week seven of college football. Mm-hmm. What, what, they beat Old Dominion, okay? And they did beat Pitt. But I mean, this podcast is very clear to tell, quick to tell you. Pitts are frauds. It's bad. Pitt, wow. They're and they're terrible. They're extra fraudulent this year. So like that's all they've done. I I don't know. I just when you watch Virginia Tech, it doesn't feel like they have a purpose. It doesn't feel like they have a direction. But Wake's been struggling this year. Wake definitely misses Sam Hartman. They haven't quite got it going um, out there. So, like, I, I think it's an interesting game. Um, Dave Clawson, I really like Wake Force coach. But, like, the slow mesh, maybe Sam Hartman did a little bit more for it. The last thing I have on this game, once again, Wake Force has a wide receiver that matters. You know, A.T. Perry. They, they've had like, a lot of guys come through. This year, it's Jamal Banks. Um, he's been there for a couple years. He's going to be a bigger body contested catch guy. It's going to win vertically. You're going to wonder if he has the speed for the NFL, but he's going to keep dominating in college right now. He's six foot four, 210 pounds. Big guy. Just got, got to keep your eye on if you want to watch this game on the ACC network and, uh, you know, like stomp your toes at the same time. A shout out to you for wanting to watch this game on the ACC network. Uh, if you do want to watch this game, but I uh, appreciate, appreciate that. Uh, Wake Forest has covered the spread in six of its last seven games in October as the uh, their plus one dog going on the road to uh, Blacksburg. This game is just like. <laughs> I was looking at Virginia Tech's schedule and just being like, oh, I, you know, you mentioned the Old Dominion win. Shout Old Dominion. Not a bad team this year. Good FCS team. <laughs> um, they lose to Purdue. Not a good Big Ten team. Uh, lose to Rutgers. Not a good Big Ten team. Lose to Marshall. Why, why are they playing so many Big Ten teams? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I started thinking, why, why? Are they in the Big Ten? No. Um, Marshall. Losing to Marshall. Beating Pitt, which they have a football coach that hates football, so it makes sense. <laughs> And then they cut. I say kept it close, but seventeen to thirty nine against Florida State. And if I, I remember like peeking in on that game, and it was just it was the same thing. It was just kind of like, yeah, Florida State's doing whatever they want. Virginia Tech can't do anything, but somehow it's not a blowout. It's like one of those yeah. games that Florida State was just like, ah, we're here. We showed up. I, I, I'm taking the Demon Deacons. I don't know. It's a sickos game. We usually we just fire these off the hip, and like I, I Dave Clawson's a better coach. Yeah. I, I don't. Don't know who's a better quarterback, but I do think that Jamal Banks is the best player in this game. So, like, give me, give me the Deeks. I'll ride with you. They had a they had a uh, five point loss to Clemson. Um, was that last weekend? Uh, the Deeks yeah. did, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. they, they hung in there with Clemson. I'll, I'll take I'll take Wake Forest in this game. Well coached team. That's uh, I yeah. Kind of got they kind of got handed to him by uh, Georgia Tech there. Looking back at that, so Georgia Tech's all over the place, man. You get waxed by Bowling Green, but then you beat Miami. You take it to Wake Forest, but like that Bowling Green game is just staring at me. And like, I don't know what to do with them. Right? Similar opponents. I'm looking at Wake Forest schedule right now. Uh, they beat uh, Old Dominion, but only by uh, three. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So um, yeah, never know. Yeah, no, okay. You mentioned Georgia Tech. So Georgia Tech. 
Let's let's talk. They play a real close game against Louisville, but lose. That's good. Mm-hmm. They blow out SC State, which is like a fine like FCS team, right? That's a, a good thing. They blow them out. Then they get destroyed by Ole Miss. Yeah. Then they come out and destroy destroy Wake. Then get beat by Bowling Green, and then beat Miami. What? What is Georgia Tech doing? They're the most confused. They start. They stopped running the triple option and didn't know what to do. That's what happened. They started like, wait, we're not running. This is football. The universe isn't ready. They don't know where to play Georgia Tech. They don't know what's happening right now. It's like, but they play Boston. They got a week off and they play Boston College. Mm-hmm. I guess they lose that game because Boston College, and then they come back and beat UNC. I was gonna say, just go ahead and pencil in Georgia Tech winning against UNC because that's <laughs> they're rolling. Boston College, arguably the worst FBS team right now, and then they're gonna yeah. come back and beat UNC. who will be ranked in the top ten after beating Miami. Do you know there were some Boston College fans that thought they were gonna make a bowl this year? No, they didn't. <laughs> I saw that. You're on fake. I saw that on the Twitter. Hey, I, I was like. What are we doing? That team sucks. Uh, anyway, Maddie, final thoughts on the slate on this week on anything that you want to talk about? I guess well, you're going to be locked in from you know mid after like early like, later afternoon, the two o'clock slate through the end of the night. You're going to be locked in. A lot of good footballs happening. I think we're going to get a lot of movement in the top ten. Right? We got some yeah. old battles. You're getting into the meat of conference play, so like now's when you maybe have some teams slip up or play close games, right? And so maybe a Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, maybe somebody slips a little bit. Like you start to get movement now, so I think we'll get big or uh, top ten movement starting this week. You'll get a better picture of stuff, and like we're we're ramping up. I mean, we're locked in the TV from uh, from afternoon on. Yeah, could be some upsets when you start to look at the uh, the top about six. Uh, Georgia plays Vandy, should handle it. Michigan plays Indiana, should handle. Ohio State plays Purdue. Florida State, Syracuse, Oklahoma plays UCF, Penn State plays UMass. All games we anticipate them to win. UMass. But, shout out UMass. Uh, but again, could have some upsets. Right. Never know with college football. But we appreciate you guys watching all the way to the end with us here on uh, the Always Draft Season channel. Make sure to be a friend, tell a friend about this channel. We're going to be putting a bunch of draft content out there for you guys. When it gets closer to the season, maybe do a little bit more of bye week uh, for the Chiefs bye week action coming up here in yeah. a few weeks. Uh, we might have some more stuff for you there too. So, Appreciate you guys watching all the way to the end of the video. Uh, listen after the fact. We always do appreciate that. So uh, we got you set here. For Maddie Lane, I'm Tucker Franklin. We will catch you guys. Go Buffs tonight versus Stanford. <laughs>